You're listening to the Rotten Gems Podcast, a show where three dudes talk about movies we love that critics maybe thought had no value because they're losers, losers with skinny wieners. Let's get rotten. If you're still listening, whether it's on purpose or like you put this podcast on to see what it was all about, and then you decided that we're lame and you're going to stop listening, but just then your oven timer beeped because you were cooking a nice lasagna. And rather than stop this, you chose to go pull it out of the oven instead. Well, we thank you. And who exactly is we? Well, let me introduce you to my co-host. I'm Keenan. And I'm Marcus. And I am Brett. And I am Laz. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. What's up, chipmunks? You ready to download? Today, we're talking about Heavyweights, the 1995 classic Disney movie starring Tim McGowan, Aaron Schwartz, and Ben Stiller. For those of you at home, if you haven't seen the movie and you want to keep listening, just know you'll be spoiled. Uh, We like to say this at the beginning of every show. Uh, But granted, this is a movie that came out in 1995. So here's your spoiler warning for a 25-year-old meeting. Uh, I said beating movie, 25-year-old movie. Uh, now, Keenan, Marcus, you guys have seen this movie, right? Oh, yeah. Definitely seen yeah. this a couple of times. It, uh, yeah, same for me. Uh, multiple viewings, for sure. Uh, I think it was a staple in my childhood. Like, I, I remember, like, one of the first jokes I ever made was a kid came from this movie, and it was the, the good old Seymour Butts line. <laughs> um. But for those of you that haven't seen it, here is a quick synopsis of the movie Heavyweights. Um, It's from Flixer. It says, Jerry, Aaron Schwartz, is not looking forward to his summer vacation since he'll be spending it at camp for overweight boys in order to shed pounds. Fortunately, a kind couple, the Bushkins, uh, Jerry Stiller and Anamir, run the camp and make the process fun and relaxed. However, they're soon forced to declare bankruptcy and sell the camp to Tony Perkis, Ben Stiller, a fitness fanatic who turns the camp into a living nightmare of over-the-top training, but the kids plan to fight back. Uh, yeah, that's that's that that pretty much sums up the whole movie. Actually, pretty accurate. <laughs> that's the end right there. We're good. Wrap it up. All right. I see think, you next I week. Think I think the synopsis covered the whole movie. <laughs> that's it, guys. Uh, um, so, with that being said, how do you think this movie scored with critics, guys? Uh, I mean, it should have scored in the high 90s. Uh, we have to say that for every movie we watch. <laughs> well, I have news for you. Uh, it didn't. <laughs> and so, you know that because we're here talking about it. So 80s? 80s. Oh, close, close, close. So this movie actually scored a 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. But, but it did have a 70% seven percent audience score with a 6.7 out of 10 on imdb that's 6.7 twinkies on your pizza 6.7 deli meats or 6.7 bowls of success for breakfast with skim milk (laughs) out of 10 um and interestingly enough the the uh, 6.7 out of 10 on imdb was out of 25,000 reviews almost on imdb so I'm going to go by that because that's what actually like fans and everyday people that watch the movie think, which 
is good to me because it seems like a lot of people agree with us and that this movie's good. All right. Uh, so, with that being said, guys, what are your first impressions of this movie when you saw it, if you remember, since it did come out in 1995? Um, yeah, for me, '95, uh, I was six years old. Uh, so I definitely do not remember the first time I've seen it. Uh, like I said, I, I watched it multiple times when I was a child. It was just one of those things. Probably, I'm sure it was constantly on like the Disney Channel or something. I don't think we ever owned it. Uh, but I mean, it's got so many things that just like constantly make you laugh. I was watching it. I was so pleasantly surprised at how funny it was rewatching it in my 30s <laughs> what about you keenan what do you think well i probably didn't see it when it first came out but i i can guarantee i probably saw it when i was probably in fourth grade and in fourth grade i was a, a, a bigger child so i feel like it really resonated with me that the actors looked like me being bigger uh, so I probably enjoyed it for that aspect, but growing up and watching it again is just hilarious how many jokes still land. Oh, absolutely. And um, I like I don't remember the first time that I watched this because this was 95. I was born in 92, so I was a ripe old age of three when this came out. Um, but I remember this being like a movie that I watched very frequently in my childhood. And I remember like when we like, when we first started talking about this podcast and doing this and talking about movies we love, we were very cautionary on, on uh, doing like kids movies and movies we watched as a child, because I mean, we, we obviously talk about the movies that we liked and, and we wanted to talk about, but I, we also are aware that nostalgia is a factor and a movie that we saw, you know, 20 plus years ago, might have a different feeling right now when we're watching it in the year 2020. So, but this movie just like surpassed, like, no, we have to talk about heavyweights. It was a good one. So like, to me, this is probably one of, if not my favorite Disney movie of all time, because it is a Disney movie. Um, it's funny because I actually was gifted this movie for Christmas of last year. And I was like, I was so excited. 28 year old me. Well, I was 27 at the time. 27-year-old me was so excited to unwrap this. I was like, oh my gosh, I love this movie. I can't wait to watch it again. And I actually sadly never did until we we, we rewatched it for this, but and I then, was just about to get it. And then you demanded a new gift when you realized it was going to be on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what kind of bullshit is this? That's the thing. Is I have Disney+, Plus, but like I still felt like I had to watch the DVD version for some reason. It's just like, more pure that way. It's just it just feels right, you know. I don't know. I actually went to the local library and rented it on VHS <laughs> to make sure I got the the, the real '90s experience. <laughs> totally. Um, and what's funny is I was like looking up this movie again, just like looking for facts and stuff to talk about this. And the cover of the movie, um, like the movie poster is like the four kids, like like the main kids, holding up a sandwich. And in the sandwich is Lars, the camp counselor, one of them. But also, like, throughout the movie posters, the, the outfits that everyone is wearing changes. So I, I thought that was interesting because, like, I don't know if they... Like, they couldn't have reshot. They just... 
edited because I do not recognize some of these kids on the poster. <laughs> yeah, it was it was so interesting. Like they they was... used the uh, the after pictures that they found in Tony's, <laughs> Tony's, <house>. Tony's cabin. <laughs> well, it's funny you mention that because like. I haven't watched this movie in at least ten years, I think, and I rewatched it again, obviously, because you know we rewatched this to talk about it, so it's fresh in our minds, and that we we have all the notes we want to talk about. And I haven't watched it before this rewatch in like ten years, and like I was worried to be honest, because I'm like, okay, maybe this movie is not going to be as good as I thought it was. Maybe because like I loved it as a kid, I like to think that I've grown as a person since I was a kid. <laughs> turns uh, out, <laughs> turns out I have it because I still love it. Uh, but it's yeah, it's funny because there's the the whole joke about them like shocked like I don't know if they use they never said the word Photoshop, but that's what it was. Like it's a fat camp. The kids go to fat camp and they and they find in Tony's cabin like photoshopped versions of themselves all skinny. And I was like, that's funny because they use that exact thing and like photoshop the kids on the DVD cover. <laughs> I don't know. It was interesting. <laughs> you, you know, uh, talking about how well it holds up, um, I think, honestly, I forgot that this was a uh, Judd Apatow movie. Like, I, he co-wrote it. <laughs> What's funny is I didn't even know it was a Judd Apatow movie. Oh, yeah, that's probably more of the case. I'm sure I, yeah. I, I'm sure I knew that at some point, like, after, you know, Knocked Up and all these other Judd Apatow movies became famous, but... Yeah, when I saw his name, I was like, oh, makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I was watching it in like, the opening credits, which I love the the song they did, the Closer to Free. They're playing it, and it says, written by Judd Apatow and Stephen Brill. And I literally, out loud, in my apartment of just me, said, what? <laughs> Judd Apatow wrote it? Well, I co-wrote it. Uh, so then I'm like, okay, Judd Apatow and Stephen Brill. What else has Stephen Brill made? So then I looked him up, and he was the one that wrote like all of the Mighty Ducks movies and directed those. And I was like, okay, that makes sense because a lot of the kids use it. Yeah, ninety percent of the cast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So like, it makes sense. Like, you like these kids. Like, you like work with them. It, it makes sense. I get it. But he also like wrote like more movies that I love. Like. Ready to Rumble, which is a movie I hope we talk about on here eventually. But Ready to Rumble was so good. I I love that movie, and like I was just so shocked to learn that like he knew that. But that's not something I would have thought about when I was a kid. Like who wrote it and who directed it? Not absolutely not something I would have thought about. So yeah, that was totally an interesting find. And speaking of Judd Apatow, like one piece of trivia I found on the movie is that. as part of his first date with his eventual wife, Judd Apatow tried to impress Leslie Mann by showing her this film on their date. <laughs> uh, it must have worked because they're married now. But also, I love married her. for a while. But also, I love her. She was great in uh, and with This Is Forty and just I think uh, like every and George of the Jungle. Oh. You're Stay right. Tuned. That was her. That was Stay her. George, we're talking about that too. <laughs> <laughs> so great. Uh, I didn't know that was. I didn't know that was his wife until like very recently. Like, I didn't uh, know that until right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think I. Uh, I remember seeing or finding that out uh, around the time when Knocked Up came out. So I think I watched like a. Knocked Up was one of those things that I just watched constantly on repeat because I had the DVD and 
I remember like the behind the scenes stuff and Paul Red would make jokes about you know uh, being with the director's wife. <laughs> yeah, Knocked Up was good, but I I actually liked This Is 40 more for some reason. Mm-hmm. I I think it's just because I I like I like Seth Rogen, but I Paul Rudd is just way up there for me. Like I love Paul Rudd absolutely. Yeah, it's probably going to be unfortunate that none of his movies are going to make it to the <laughs> <Yeah>, podcast. <laughs> right? <laughs> Except for maybe Mac and Me. He was in that, right? Uh, we're doing we're doing good movies. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Is he actually in that movie or did he just do No, that? he just oh, is a yeah. joke. He was never in that movie. All right. For yeah, those but, of you but if we do, know. we would credit him. <laughs> yeah. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, so Paul Rudd has this running joke whenever he goes on Conan to pr- promote his movies. He always like is like, all right, here's a clip of our movie that we're that we we made or whatever. Like he's promoting Ant Man or This Is Forty or something. And every single time he goes on there, he just plays a, the same clip from the movie back at me. Uh, like look up look up Paul Paul Rudd Conan and you'll find this video. It is like one of the greatest comedic moments I can think of. Paul Rudd is just a genius. We love you, Paul. We love First you, Paul. Basis. And, and look and look at all of us here making a podcast. Who would have thought? <laughs> Who would have thought? Not me. Uh, um, but no. Speaking of Judd Apatow, like yeah, he he made the film. Uh, well, co-wrote it. That's great. Uh, an awesome idea, and I didn't know that. But also something I didn't know at the time when I watched it, um, the Bushkins in the very beginning, who actually owned the camp before, which we mentioned were played by Jerry Stiller and Ann Mira, are actually Ben Stiller's real-life parents. Yeah, both of them. Comedy geniuses. Right, and like I knew that now, obviously, because... Oh, but yeah, yeah. But (laughs) at the time, I'm like, okay, those are just some, some people... And what's even funnier is I didn't notice at the very end when Tony Perkis Sr. comes to, like, clean up the camp that is also played by Ben Stiller. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was like, (laughs) you know, I was watching this. And I don't know if maybe it just didn't register when I was a kid. But, yeah, that got a genuine laugh out of me because I did not expect him (laughs) to play his own father. It's so interesting to watch a movie that you loved as a kid and then watch it as an adult and you're watching a completely different movie because not only are you seeing stuff like that, but like you're picking up on jokes that you didn't notice when you're with your like innocent little kid brain. <laughs> like I never would have noticed that Ben Stiller was the same person, even though like it's very clearly Ben Stiller. <laughs> they, they don't really try to hide it. There's no question. <laughs> they give him white hair and a couple wrinkles. Yeah, and that's and, it. And but his uh, his do it do yeah. it accent. But Kippy was like, oh yeah, that's a different person, totally. For sure. um, I wonder if that's his real dad. Yeah. <laughs> so when I say like jokes that we didn't notice as a kid. Uh, this is actually something I did not know up until yesterday when I was looking up notes for this this movie. So what do, what do you guys think is the most iconic line in this movie? Or one of? Like, it's a joke I've made since I was a kid. But, like, what do you think is – what line stands out to you the most in this movie? <laughs> well, I think – me and Keenan, uh, we have two lines that we constantly say to each other or talk about other people. Uh, one of them is when we're 
making fun of somebody. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we like to call him a loser. A loser with a skinny wiener. <laughs> okay. And then, so, yeah, that line. How does that make you feel, Keenan? This, this pleases me. <laughs> God, Josh. Oh, Josh. Um, so, that's not the line I'm talking about. That's a good line, of course. Um, I, I, I feel like maybe it doesn't hold up as more because, like, obviously we've we've grown as a society and we're more we're more prone to like not body shaming people, and wiener shaming is still body shaming, but of course. <laughs> but I think it was meant more in a jokey fashion, and it was 1995, so I'm willing to cut it some slack. That's actually not the line I'm talking about. Um, the most iconic line in the movie to me, and it's not really a line. I guess it's more of an exchange when. Tony um, Ben Stiller finds all the candy and snacks and stuff in their cabin. And he's asking, he's questioning Jerry and he says like, whose candy is this? And then Josh steps up and he says, all right, I'll tell you the candy, whose candy it is. It belongs to Seymour Butts. And then he goes, Seymour Butts, who's Seymour Butts? Uh, Nobody's Seymour Butts and you, uncle Tony. And like (laughs) child me thought that was like the greatest joke in history. And something I did not know until like I said yesterday, is that that is actually not the line spoken when they recorded the film. If you look at their lips during that scene, the lines don't actually match up to their lips. And so I like did some digging. I'm like, what are they actually saying here? The joke was entirely different, and they scrapped it. Did you guys know this? No. Oh, we did never yeah. caught that. Well, let me tell you what the joke was, and then you tell me if you know why they scrapped it. <laughs> So instead of saying Seymour Butts, he says his name is actually Peter Fitz. And the voice, the, the, the lips match up to saying this. And then Ben So says, Peter Fitz, who's Peter Fitz? And then Josh responds, anyone's Peter Fitz if you push hard enough. Probably. pushed out of the Disney world there. Right? And, like, I can't help but think, was that Stephen Briller, Judd Apatow, that wrote that? And part of me is like, oh, yeah, that was Judd Apatow. Judd Apatow. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, totally good that they cut that line because this movie would not be a movie I was allowed to watch if that was Thank the case. God they cut that out so we can put that in our movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was wild to me. When I read that, when I read that, I actually pulled up the movie again and fast-forwarded to that scene to double-check that the like it, the lips matched up to that. And sure enough, it did. And I out loud said, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> These kids are supposed to be like 11, 12, right? 13. In like, the I, 90s. Nowadays, yeah. I can see that 100%. But in the 90s... No dice. Like, knowing the kinds of films Judd Apatow makes, like, if, if Seth Rogen said that and knocked up, I'd be like, haha, cool, and I wouldn't be phased. But like you said, this, this is a kid's movie with 11 and 12-year-olds saying that. I'm like, what the fuck are you thinking, dude? But obviously, obviously they realized soon enough that that was not a good joke. Because even, like, again, growing up, I remember the Seymour Butts line, so... I don't know how early that was cut or if that was in the final film or what, but good choice. Good choice, guys. You played it safe. <laughs> yeah, I highly doubt that made it to VHS. <laughs> uh, there were a couple other lines that I 
that I probably appreciated more <laughs> as an adult. Uh, just like the way that they were delivered or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the when Ben Stiller first introduces himself and he's like trying to hype up the crowd and like motivate them and he's talking about what people could be <laughs> never caught this as a child you know obviously but he like looks at <laughs> Keenan Thompson and he's like I see a famous rap artist <laughs> and they're all like looking <laughs> and then he and then he follows it with like, "I see the future president of the United States." <laughs> he's not he's even from America. He's from England. <laughs> Which, by the way, I love that kid. And I actually like wrote down a quote where he's like, "You Americans have no sense of history," because he's not wrong. Like, Nineteen ninety-five. Uh, what was his name? Was it Simon? I can't remember his uh, name. Nicholas. I don't know. I have no Nicholas, sense of history. Nineteen ninety-five, Nicholas. Your opinion is still valid in the year 2020, 25 years later. I sat there when they were asking like the history questions at the end, just like, I don't know how this kid's going to get these. He's taking the full penalty. <laughs> that one kid was like, uh, share, share for everything. And then like you take one look at him and I'm like, yeah, no, looking at you, yeah, you would have answered that for sure. Like they cast, they cast your role perfectly. Um, so it's, it's it's interesting though because like like obviously this is a movie with tons of kids you know and like with child stars and obviously this happened twenty years like twenty plus years ago I was like curious and I wanted to see like what all these kids are up to today like <laughs> you you were in for a disappointment like job yeah yeah <laughs> I wrote that down so the kid who plays Jerry the main character he still acts and he is actually like like a good looking dude now like. He's in shape, like he's in shape. He looks like someone that could easily kick my ass, which doesn't take much. But, um... So, so you're saying the Perkins system works? I, I, I must. I don't know. I don't know if they continued it afterwards, but, uh, but see, so yeah, you have him, and he is still acting. Whatever. A, a lot of the kids, it was their first and only acting role. Um, some, a lot of them, we also talked about when also like in like the like the mighty ducks and whatnot like maybe even all three of them i like I, to me the mighty ducks like i watched three movies but they just blend together to me as one movie in my head i think i need to rewatch <laughs> those but i know that they reuse a lot of the cast obviously because if you're a director and you work with kids and they, like it worked out obviously you'd want to put them in your next movie and those are disney movies too so i get it but like some of them like one kid the kid sam like he's dead now i didn't notice that and i was like which oh, one was shit. sam i don't know how to describe him other than sam he was like a you know like, the, the bigger kid. You know, the big kid with braces <laughs> he had braces and I, I i i don't i i don't know how to describe him because they purposely were like oh yeah let's make a fat camp so i can't be like you know the bigger kid with braces but yeah, he had like he had like he had kind of like a flat top with spiked hair in the front. Was he the guy that worked for Tony? No, he was he was a kid, one of the campers. Oh, okay. I know I know who you're talking about, but no, that's not him. So I don't know. Just Google heavyweight Sam later, and you'll see a picture of him. Uh, but yeah, like he's dead now. A lot of the kids like don't act anymore. This is their one and only film. So like it it was interesting. Like I didn't I didn't particularly think that anyone was a bad actor i mean the film obviously didn't rem- demand that high of acting quality but uh, but then 
But then there's Josh. <laughs> <laughs> or Sean White is his real name. Oh, buddy. Um, he lost yeah. weight. He lost weight, but... <laughs> He's got that going for him. But the reason he lost weight, uh, he on January 28th, 2020, Sean Weiss, who played Josh in the movie, was arrested for burglary and being under the influence of meth. And this comes a year and a half after he was arrested for being under the influence of drugs. So he's not learning. I don't know if he's still in jail right now. I would assume not. But like, I just remember seeing a report of this guy like, many months ago probably right when he was arrested like oh that's the guy from that's the kid from heavyweights wow like what happened to him um it's, so it's meth. a shame because... <laughs> that's what happens not even once <laughs> yeah. right it's a shame because he he was really funny in this movie yeah he was he was my favorite character when i was a kid like, he, like his character served for pure comedy he was like the not like 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 the older brother of the camp, like I don't know, like he was the cool kid. Yeah, he was the cool, funny kid, and the Josh was bad. I was like, man, I want to be this kid someday. When I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not. When you first you, watched you that chance. scene, did you think he actually got lobotomized? Because like, even what rewatching it, I'm just like, did I forget something? Did he actually get lobotomized? <laughs> and this is a darker story than I remember. So when I was a kid, I didn't know what lobotomized was. I just thought like they mess with him, and I, I remember that scene being scary. So like when I was a kid, I thought that scene was scary. I, I must have been really young when I watched this scene, but then I was like, oh okay, so lobotomy—that's not a thing I would have known when I was a child. <laughs> um, speaking of the kids, though, it's it's a real shame we never see uh, Keenan Thompson again. Yeah, what, yeah, whatever <laughs> happened to that guy? Yeah. Now, as a as a Keenan, I'll I'll talk to this for a second. Uh, as a Keenan, you, you have to understand that there's struggles that come with the name. It, it's very hard to get anywhere in life having the name. Uh, fortunately for me, my name's spelled with two e's the correct way, uh, and things are going great for me. So, <laughs> so life lesson to all you listeners out there: if you're ever going to have a son named Keenan, that's two e's, not one, or if more. You, if you want them to be successful. <laughs> The more ease, the more successful. Yeah, we, we've only to say tested, your name longer. We've only tested this method. Yeah, we've only tested this method with one or two e's. So name your kid Keenan with three e's, and we'll see what happens to them and add it to our study. Tweet us. Even if, if somebody wants to go like I don't know, like twenty e's, then we can find an average and then eventually find out what what the right amount of e's is. Definitely. Um, so yeah, speaking okay. Speaking of Keenan Thompson, let's let's talk about the cast. So some of them are kid, like most of them are kids, obviously, and then some of them are still in stuff. Uh, Lars was probably one of my favorite characters in the movie. He hasn't been in much. I think he was like a like a writer director. I looked at a picture of him now, and I would not have recognized him if I didn't know that was the the actor. I uh, I I don't know how many people are going to get this reference. I I think Keenan will. Um, I watched like a, a YouTube. Uh, show called draw with jazza and that's exactly what lars looks like and yep. you're like <laughs> they're like uh what is it uh split a birth Separated like what, birth. when you say what lars looks like are you talking about during the time during the time of the film that was his father okay. probably i i have not seen that and so he's I'm also sure that... from far away I'm sure that those of you who have seen it are laughing hysterically right now at our hilarious comment. Oh, yeah. They, 
Um, we, we, we should probably take a moment for the laughter to subside. Yeah. Three, <laughs> we two, laugh track? one. All right. Next joke. Go. Let us know if you want us to add a laugh track. <laughs> I don't think they're very efficient and they waste a lot of time, but let us know. Um, but yeah, so, you know, we talked about most of the kids, but like the actors, um, like the, the adults, obviously Ben Stiller, biggest name in the movie, Jerry Stiller, no longer with us. Um, the, uh, the other camp counselor, Tim, Tim. The guy, I didn't, I didn't realize who that was until I looked it up Classy now. Mother Paul, Paul Feig. Paul Feig. I'm like, what the heck? That's you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I totally see it. Why did I not notice that was him? Be- probably because he doesn't have any gray hair. <laughs> or he's not wearing a suit. True. <laughs> he's always wearing suits. Like, I did, n- I watched the entire movie and it never clicked that that was Paul Feig until afterwards. And I looked up the cast. I'm like, are you kidding me? How did I not see that? It's, That's crazy. It's weird because, you know, uh, as a kid, you, for some reason, I'm, I have like this weird thing where I'm just really good with. Uh, non or non-useful pop culture references. So even as a kid, I knew who that was, or like I remembered him when he eventually was on like other things, uh, like bridesmaids and stuff like that. But so like I knew who he was, but obviously I didn't appreciate it until after he started getting like real popular, or like I start seeing his name as a director for like episodes of the office and stuff like that. Yeah. And he directed, uh, was it spy and the new Ghostbusters? Spy was great. I never watched. Oh no, I did watch spy. I didn't watch the new Ghostbusters. Not cause I'm against it or anything. I just never watched uh, it. I, I've watched bits and pieces of it. I've heard it's not very good or like I, it wasn't, it didn't blow me away, you know? Right. Right. And that's the thing is like, like I said, I'm not against it. I'm not against people remaking movies and having a new idea for it. I mean, there's like, there's like a writer or poet or something that says like, there's no new content under the sun. So basically like, it's just people recycling the same ideas over and over again to people who have heard them before. Except, or even if it's a direct remake. Except for a podcast that rewatches movies that critics thought were bad <laughs> and we disagree with. Totally original Super. idea, and nothing else exists out there at all. Don't go look. <laughs> Don't go look up uh, underrated, which is what we were thinking about the naming this. <laughs> or, or, Don't uh... plug them. Don't plug them. <laughs> yeah. <the> <laughs> You know to be fair, I, I haven't listened to them at all, and I don't know if any of our content is the same. I just thought that we had the same premise. So just know that there we go. We're funnier. Which Perhaps <laughs> may or may not be true. Yeah, just take our word for it. Who knows? Who knows? Really. Um, but one more note I had here I wanted to talk about. Uh, it's something that I absolutely did not and would, never would have picked up as a kid. But when I watched it again, it actually made me laugh out loud. And it's when Tony is forcing the kids to do the hike on the mountain. He's like trying to like hype him up, and he gives his speech, and he says something like. He uh, actually wrote it down. He's like, did you ever hear the story of Icarus who continually rolled the ball up the hill? But when he got too close, the ball melted in the heat of the sun. You're all like Icarus. <laughs> and like adult me was like, what? I think you're mixing up some stories. Right? <laughs> I don't think that's right. But kid me was like, uh, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Totally. 
So then I was like, okay, someone had to have written something about this. So I looked it up and uh, there was a piece of trivia on it. It says the story Tony tells uh, the boys during the hike is actually a confused mix of the myths of Icarus and Sisyphus. Sisyphus was a Greek king who tricked the gods on several occasions as punishment, his, uh, as, as punishment upon his death, he was forced to roll a boulder up a hill for all of eternity. But before he could reach the top of the hill, the boulder would roll back down and he would have to start all over. Now, Icarus was a young man who tried to escape an island prison with his father, Daedalus, by making wings out of feathers and wax. Despite his father's warnings, Icarus flew too close to the sun, his wings melted, and he fell to his death. So, again, kid me didn't didn't go through the Greek mythology unit in history and didn't know what this was talking about, but adult me sees the humor in it. So that's why, like, I'm I'm really wanting to go back and watch a lot of Disney movies I watched as a kid again to see if there's just things I miss because I'm sure there has to be. I want to disagree with you, but as an American, I don't know history that well. <laughs> uh, so I'll, I'll take your word on this one. It's true. Nicholas, you were so right. Nailed it. Nailed it, buddy. Awesome. Uh, all right, guys. Um, that's all I have to talk about here, unless you guys wanted to add anything else before we move on to our next segment. I did have one problem with the movie. So there's a scene where they're all uh, like talking after going into Tony's uh, cabin, sneaking in, and they hear a rapper, like a food rapper, and it's a kid in a bathroom stall. And in the scene, it shows his feet under the stall. Oh, yeah. And you see everything, like, waist yeah. down. You can see everything. Oh, What's no. the point of these doors? That's what I was saying. I was telling, telling my wife when we were watching, I was like, man, those are the smallest <laughs> bathroom doors I've ever seen. Oh, no. I'm in George Costanza's. I'm in George Costanza's camp here, where they should be even lower to the floor. Give us some privacy in there. <laughs> yeah, that uh, I, I would never use those restrooms. <laughs> I'd be holding it all camp long. <laughs> luckily, I have, woods. luckily, I have no idea what you're talking about, and part of me wants to like watch it again to see what you're talking about with the st- stall doors just really high up or something. Yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> they were they were high up because they were like low at the top. They were like half the size of the opening, but like right in the middle, <laughs> so Oof. it did not cover anything. I did not <laughs> notice that. So, thankfully, so you can't see who's pooping. You can't see their face. You can yeah. see anything else, but. Jeez. See that? <laughs> oh, great. At a kid's camp. Lovely. Um, so the next thing I wanted to ask is something we talk, we say when we're done is, do you guys think this movie still holds up? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, so, I think we... Or at least uh, I, I know I mentioned that uh, I definitely thought it was... It might have been even funnier for me because I caught some of the things that I wouldn't have caught when I was younger. I mean, I'd say for the most part, it still holds up, but I I could definitely see not getting away with some of the things like body shaming, kidnapping. (laughs) Kidnapping, Yeah. 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 
So I, I, I do think it was still funny. There's a lot of things I saw in this movie. Well, not a lot. A, a few things I saw in this movie. Granted, again, it's a 25-year-old movie. So we're going to be forgiving here. But just point out the things that wouldn't fly today. Um, there was an eating disorder joke at the dance that I was not a fan of. <laughs> I, I, thought that was, I thought it was pretty funny because, like, how old were those girls? And how did right. they make that joke? So how would they even know what that was? Yeah, let me set the scene. So the the kids are at the camp and they don't like Tony and Tony is just doing all these things to make them uncomfortable and like you know, put them in these awkward situations and one of the things that he does is invite a girls camp uh over for a, a dance and the dance starts very awkwardly cuz you know, you have this group of these, you know, these young girls and then this group of these like overweight young boys. And, you know, let's be honest, like, I was a fat kid, too. Keenan, Keenan just mentioned he was, too. Girls were not into us fat kids, you know. And so, like, the whole scene was just kind of awkward at the very beginning because, obviously, like, the girls are standing on one side and the boys are standing on one side. One of the girls leans to the other and they're like, why don't they just lose weight? And then she responds and she's like, why don't you just teach them to throw up after they eat like you do? And I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, though, she was saying it to somebody who was kind of a jerk. True, so I feel like true. she deserved it. And part of me was like, I can't believe this. But then part of me is like, okay, one, it's 1995. And two, Disney has made several eating disorder jokes. And like, it took Demi Lovato calling them out to be like, hey, guys, just so you know, eating <laughs> disorder jokes are not funny. Stop doing them. And then they responded and they're like, yeah, no, we agree with you. Like, we're removing the episode of, I think it was Shake It Off or whatever whatever show they were making. But again, 1995. It doesn't fly now, 25 years later, but that is a thing we expected when we watched this. So that's one thing I wrote down that didn't hold up anymore. The jokes, the comedy, the humor were fine. Another thing I didn't like um, was the Apache Relay Race. Like, not one person in the movie was stated as being Native American. So, like, they have all these, like, young white kids wearing, like, Native American headdresses and, like, doing this, like, Native American relay race. So I'm like, okay, guys, did you really need to do this? Like, like why couldn't it have just been a relay race, you know? So, Well, I'm not going to necessarily disagree with you. But I was going to say that that relay looked hella fine. Yeah. <laughs> the whole, like, I mean, yeah, they probably could have. Well, like, again, it was 25 years ago. It's hard to judge them at the time. But the actual stuff they were doing looked so fun. Yeah. Uh, like the, the relay, like the, the wall the, climb, the. I, I would have been the kid. Yeah. I would have been the kid in the Hall of Knowledge. And it's actually, <laughs> it's actually funny that we mentioned that because. When Nicholas goes through the Hall of Knowledge, you know, the British kid who's the smart one, and he does the math problem, and he and the guy playing Einstein was Kenny, the cameraman, who was also, one thing I forgot to mention, was the guy from Grandma's, Grandma's Boy. Yeah. Uh, he's like, oh, the answer is 11. Um, I looked it up, and I was like, I'm just curious. I'm like, that's actually the answer. And pro- apparently, no, that's the, that wasn't <laughs> the answer to the problem. <laughs> like... From what I was reading, like there was not enough about the problem written up there to give a definitive answer. Yeah, I was gonna say they probably just wrote <laughs> mathematical looking. They, right. They did not. 
uh, they didn't think that people were going to have, you know, DVDs and Blu-ray and streaming <laughs> right. services where they could high definition pause. Nobody's going to care about this in 25 years. Exactly. <laughs> Give it up. And I did, and like I almost didn't care about it now as an adult. But I'm like, oh, I'm just curious. Like, and if it was the answer, I never would have brought it up. But the fact that it wasn't, <laughs> I was just like, okay, that's funny. Get your uh, act together, Judd Apatow. Yeah, and Judd Apatow guy. and Stephen Brill. What is that his name? I have to scroll up a bit. Yeah, Stephen Brill, writer of The Mighty Ducks and Ready to Rumble. Um, so yeah, that was just, I don't know, that was interesting. And, um, like I said, like I didn't notice it and I feel like the majority of people who watch this would have been like, yeah, math. Okay. I get it. The answer is 11. Cool. Let's move on. But I agree. The, the entire relay is just, the whole thing seemed fun. I'm going to, I'm going to suspend my disbelief for a little bit that a fan on the go-kart made him go that much faster because it was still cool in the moment as a kid. Can make you obviously party. don't know things about go-karts and cars. Let me school <laughs> you here. Pushing air behind you in a go-kart makes you go faster and lets you fly. School. First of all, first of all, <laughs> how dare you assume I don't know anything about cars? I can look at a car's headlights and tell you exactly which direction it's going. So, fuck you. <laughs> but, no, yeah, I don't know anything about cars. <laughs> um, well, but that's yeah. too bad because you're listening to CarCast. Gotcha, Carcast. buddy. You're in CarCast. <laughs> I don't think we'll talk about the movie Cars starring Owen Wilson because I believe that rated high enough for us to not talk about it. But maybe one day. Who maybe knows? two or three. Or at least one of like, the spinoff <laughs> well, movies. Th- three was good. Uh, two was terrible. You're <laughs> listening to Cars it. Podcast. <laughs> Where we just talk about Owen Wilson and we say wow a lot. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, all right, guys. I think it's time for our next segment here, which we like to is a little game we like to call Bed, Wed, Behead. What do you guys think? Uh, who, who are your picks for this game here? Um, okay, so we're always, we're always on a little tightrope here. Because we don't want to pick the one female character. Right. But we also don't want to, like, I, 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 I'm i telling you right now, I'm not going to pick a child for this game. Oh, yeah, definitely. We're not picking a child either. It's obviously going to be the counselors. I never even for sure. thought of that as an option. Well, okay. Let's, no. go with, let's go with obvious choice. I'll pick for mine then, which is Tony Perkis. Oh, come on. All that's right. too easy. Yeah. All right. Um, then I'm going to make it a little harder by saying Lars. Lars. <laughs> All right. Then I'm going to go with Kenny, the camera operator. Ooh, this is hard. <laughs> okay. Let me pause and just say, I, I, as an adult now, my favorite quote in the movie actually came from Lars. Don't pee in the water. Don't drink the <laughs> water. He peed in it. <laughs> I, like, I laughed so hard at that. <laughs> One thing that always gets me that Lars says is like when they're taking the before pictures, and I think it's Josh <laughs> or maybe Keenan. Oh yeah, it's like <laughs> putting their butt on. It. You broke my camera. <laughs> broke my camera. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. So we got Tony Perkis, Lars, and Kenny the cameraman. What do you guys think? 
That is hard. Uh, you know what? I've gone first the last two episodes, I think. So I'm going to let somebody else go first. All right, Ken, what do you think? All right. So obviously, I'm going to behead Tony. Um, I can't. I can't deal with that amount of psycho. Um, now this is where it gets interesting. So I'm going to have to say, bed Lars and wed Kenny the camera operator. Okay, I agree, but I want to make sure that we have the same reasoning. So, what is your reasoning there? Uh, well, Lars, he's got a rockin' butt. Let's be honest. He <laughs> True, for himself. sure. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Kenny, the camera operator, he sticks it out. He's, he was there the entire camp, even though he wasn't getting paid by the psychotic owner, Tony. Uh, so he, he's loyal. And I feel like uh, it's something you need. Agreed. Tony uh, or Kenny put up with a lot of crap when he didn't need to. And in the end, you know, stuck up for himself and forked over the footage, the, the real footage. But the the main reason I chose wed him, because obviously we have to kill Tony, is Lars has a deviated septum. And he makes some ungodly, <laughs> he makes some ungodly noises during the middle of the night. And I could not sleep next to that every night. Don't worry. Just, he is you know, fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I was leaning towards kind of like the opposite of you guys. I mean... Again, obviously, you're killing Tony. <laughs> but sure. uh, the only reason I was going to say that was because uh, I was going to give Lars the benefit of the doubt. Because once they threatened his life or scared him to death. Yeah. <laughs> With a deer. Definitely, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, the possibility of getting deported. <laughs> he... Uh, he kind of changed his tune also where he was working with them for the relay. And um, so I was like, you know what? Maybe he's not that bad of a guy. He's, he's easily swayed. But that being said, I forgot about the deviated septum. Or septum and uh, I, I think I'm going to have to agree with you guys because that would be unbearable. It's, it's funny you mentioned the deported because I remember him having an accent as a kid, but I could never remember where he was from. And it's actually because they don't say it. They're just like, oh, uh, from far away. <laughs> far away. And I'm like, did you guys <laughs> just do that to be safe or something? Like, Because my first thought was like Sweden or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> I <laughs> love the sound that uh, Thompson makes after he says that to him and he starts like walking towards him. Menacing. He's like, eh. <laughs> also, also like Lars's buddy. Oh, buddy, not body. Got it. Um, to- totally. So we're, we agree. We're killing Tony. We're betting Lars, and we're wedding. Who was our third uh, person? Kenny the cameraman. Yes. Kenny. Right. Hang on. Is that our first full agree? I think so. Did we agree we the did. last time? We no, did. I think I think you were reversed on something. Did we? Well, oh, any... no. No, we agreed last night. Get the champagne. <laughs> it, it was <laughs> it was so quick. I think we all agreed on <laughs> on on the last one. All right. Well, yeah. uh, we we agree here. That's what matters. All right, guys. I think it's that time uh, of the podcast again where we move on to six degrees of who? Um, you you uh, listening? 
You listening may have known this game as Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. We've taken Kevin Bacon out of it. We pick somebody from our movie, and then I go to uh, randomlists.com slash random celebrities, and I pull up the first person we have today. So who wants to give us a character from Heavyweights that we'll begin at? Um, I, I'm leaning towards Paul Feig, but I think that might be a little hard. I don't, I don't think so. Easy. I think Paul Feig might be fine because we all know movies he's in. I know movies that I think he's in. <laughs> I mean, we we've already established like. All spot. right. It is what it is, Paul Feig. All right, Keenan, you want to go first? I guess. Uh, all right, wait. all right. I guess can I we, should find out who we're going. Can we get the actor. <laughs> yeah. So, random celebrities, random lists. Uh, come up with our top celebrity number one, Tom Hiddleston. Ooh, Tom Hiddleston. This might be easy because we just got to get to one movie. I I can pick wait, a new. Hey, I can before pick a new we one start, uh, I think. I mean, I know what we're talking about. We're talking about the Marvel, uh, and the big Marvel movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, literally, just any of them. Should we, maybe after this episode, maybe make a rule where we limit ourselves on the Marvel movies? Okay, I feel like those are going to be cheap. Let's let's, <laughs> let's let's say we can go through maybe one Marvel movie. How's that? <laughs> That's our one to Marvel. Be fair. Movie. Last episode. <laughs> <laughs> we went to Marvel. Left. Came back again. How many steps did it take us? 20? 26 or something like that? I say we leave the Marvel fair game. (laughs) And then... We we do have the added difficulty of all three of us trying to be on the same page. But but since we end in a Marvel movie, I'd be okay with implementing this rule now. Like, one Marvel movie only. What do you guys think? Okay, I can agree with that. Uh, Especially, yeah, like you said, especially when it comes to... uh, uh, if the actor at the end is in a Marvel movie. All right. So we'll say, all right, we're going Paul Feig to Tom Hiddleston with limiting to one Marvel movie. Keenan, you're up. Whew. All right. Uh, let's go Paul Feig to Knocked Up with Seth Rogen. No. Yeah. No, that's too easy <laughs> if I go the other way. <laughs> Deal. Oh, yeah, I know you're going to go with all right, All right. Uh, Brett, do you want to go? Uh, I think you go after Keenan. I think that's the way we've always done it, but I could be wrong. But let's just say you go after Keenan. All right, then I will take it. Hmm. Seth Rogen, there's obviously a, a ton of ways you can go with this. Um, I'm going to say he was in Pineapple Express with James Franco. Ooh, okay, okay. James Franco was in so many movies. Um, Jeez. Like, so many movies, yet I can't think of one. I think that's what gets frustrating when we're doing this, is that it's like, it's just too many options. All right, let's go. I mean, he was also in Pineapple Express, but let's change movies a bit here. We'll go James Franco to This is the End with Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. Or no, I said he was also in Pineapple Express. He was not in Pineapple Express. But again, all those movies blend together. <laughs> he was in Pineapple Express too. 
he played he, Woody Hill. He was in, okay, th- my brain thought Pineapple Express, but my brain also sees Superbad and Pineapple Express is very similar movies and Jonah Hill wasn't Superbad. So that is what I was talking about. But in any, in any case, it's Jonah Hill. All right. Jonah Hill was in 21 Jump Street with Channing Tatum. Oh, sorry, Tatum. <laughs> okay. We're we're already almost there, so I, I see. Don't put that on us. <laughs> I see a way out of this. I'm just yeah, curious if we could have been, this we could have been I mean... out of this in three steps. <laughs> we could have. I already week, see a way out of this if Marcus does. Last week I knew what you were going. This week, not so much. No. Um, but... I'll tell you. I'll tell you after. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna. I think there's probably two major ones. Two major routes I could go, and I'm probably going to pick the wrong one. <laughs> but I'm going to say he was in Wolf of Wall Street with Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay, not the way I was going, but also works. Because I'm going to take it sort of the way I was going. And I'm going to go Leonardo DiCaprio was in Django Unchained with Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, oops. Hey, guys. Marcus here. I'm dumb. I realize I completely skipped... Channing Tatum. I know Channing wasn't in Wolf of Wall Street. I guess I still had uh, Jonah Hill on the mind. But I will say Tatum was in Hateful Eight with Sam Jackson. So it kind of worked out either way. Anyways, back to the show. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson was in Endgame with... Tom Hiddleston. Perfect. That works. Wait, was he? Wait, Tom yeah, Hiddleston was. Tom he was, he was steals the. I know I was going to say, no, not Endgame, but <laughs> he was the one. He steals it. Uh, he steals the stone. Does he? he gets when they go killed. back to New York. Did, he gets killed right in the beginning. I can't remember. Does he get no, killed? No, that in... one's Infinity War. He gets killed in Infinity mm-hmm. War. But he is. You, you're, you're right. You're right. In he's in the game. he's in the past with the Captain yeah. Amer- the Captain America scene. Okay. Wow. Okay. That, that's got to be a record. That was quick. Yeah. <laughs> we could have did it quicker, but I wanted to extend that right. a little bit. That was eight. <laughs> that's our record. Ooh, I think eight, last eight, week was twenty six or some shit. <laughs> it was definitely in the twenties. It was what 21. is wrong with us? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> to All be right. fair. Mac is kind of a hard connect. <laughs> oh yeah, we did. Well, yeah, last week we got Macaulay Culkin, and he's Jerry in. Culkin. <laughs> easy man. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> We're gonna start a fight on here. Today. Whoa, take it easy, man. Break bell voice. Um, I'm proud of you guys. Yeah, I was actually Put trying to on a swivel. I was actually trying to take it through Tarantino anyway to get to Samuel Jackson, so it worked out when you said Leonardo DiCaprio. So, which also Django Unchained is my favorite movie of all time. So, so I'm glad I, I got to go through it. Were you going to go Inglorious Bastards if I would have won Brad Pitt? Uh, I was just going to take it to Tarantino because with Tarantino, you got your Bruce Willis, you got your Brad Pitt, you got your Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, so I just want to be uh, sorry. One one sec, Keenan. If we would have gone. Uh, uh, what's his name? Bruce Willis. If we were to gone Bruce Willis, where would you have gone? I kind of zoned out there for a second. I'm gonna be honest. Well, Bruce, <laughs> I would. What I was saying when I said that was Pulp Fiction with Samuel Jackson. Yeah, but if if it would have landed on 
on me with Bruce Willis, I definitely would have gone Joseph Gordon Levitt. Oh, oh, Keenan, we didn't get to go through Joseph Gordon Levitt. I'm sorry, dude. No, it's okay. <laughs> It's okay. He sounds, you sound so sad. That, I think that's why he zoned out. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just cute. upset that he doesn't get the recognition he deserves. He's great. I agree. 50 50. I cried during that movie. It was so great. Seth I Rogen. own it. You know what? <laughs> you know what? You know what? I'm going to watch 50 50 this weekend. In honor of Joyce Gordon Levitt. That movie was so good. I own it on Blu ray. I'm going to watch it. And this then weekend. we are going to start a JGL podcast. Can we? Yeah, Boom. we just have we just have Rotten Gems and what would the JGL podcast no, be called? No, shut it down. Shut this down. <laughs> <laughs> shut it down now. We are. You heard pivoting. it here first. <laughs> you w- here first, guys. JGLD. What would Joseph Gordon Levitt do? Oh, I was thinking John Goodman. <laughs> John Goodman? What's he got to do with this? Yeah. All right. Third podcast. <laughs> All right, guys. I think we've come to that point of the night where it's time to read our best bad reviews of the movie Heavyweights. What do you got? All right. Who's going first? I'll let you go first just because mine kind of... Had to be different. You go first, Marcus. Then I'll go, and then we'll let Keenan go. Next. All right. Uh, to be honest, um, there's not a lot for how bad the critic rating is. So on Rotten one Tomatoes. thing, yeah, one thing I want to say about that is you're right. This movie did score poorly on Rotten Tomatoes, but when we looked, there were only like seven reviews of this movie. <laughs> yeah. So like, I, I can't remember because obviously 1995 and I was three years old. I don't know if this movie went to theaters at all or if it was a straight-to-DVD thing. I, I don't remember. But there's only seven Rotten Tomatoes reviews of this movie. And I'm very curious if there was more, like... When it know, came out? Yeah, like, if, if, if this would have been Rotten. Because fans love it, you know. That doesn't mean anything because critics are, like, something else, I guess. I don't know. But because there was so little... That could explain why the rating was so low. I don't know. In short, anyway. what we're saying is critics, get in there and fix this. What are <laughs> yeah, you guys get, doing? Get in line, guys. What's but your deal? Wait a little bit until this episode comes out so that people aren't like, hey, man, why is this episode on here? No, no. Totally. No, no. We <laughs> fixed it. That's because true. of us. We'll be responsible. All right. Well, anyways, what do you got, Marcus? Um, so I picked this guy for a couple of reasons. Uh, first of all, his name is Martin Scribbs, which I think is kind of a ridiculous name. That's a fake name. <laughs> and then he is writing out of low IQ Canadian, whatever that is. And then, uh, it was written in 2004. So what? Nine years after the movie was made. Uh, He wrote, the first American movie to explore the link between processed cheese and the need for love, a hamburger joint. I'm going to I'm going to admit I have no idea what he's talking about. (laughs) I'm going to so I'm going to take a guess here and kind of guess that uh, English might not be his first language (laughs) because I couldn't follow that. 
Okay, but also, if that is his review, like, it's really hard to tell if he meant that in a bad way. Because the first movie that links processed cheese to love, I would think, wow, you're a pioneer. That's awesome. Great job. So, thanks, bud. Uh, also, ham- you suck for eating this movie poorly. <laughs> a hamburger <laughs> joint. Uh, he's a big fan of McDonald's. I don't know what... <laughs> I don't know what the hamburger has to do with this movie. Honestly. Yeah, you just bring McDonald's into a movie because you can? Oh, you think all fat people enjoy uh, McDonald's? No, I well, get Well, you're it. right. So, fuck you, you know? No, I get it. <laughs> he's saying that Tony Perkins is the hamburger because he goes in and he's just like, nope, no junk food. Give it to me. I'm the hamburger. I, I, I get feel like it. you're adding. I get it. I feel like you're adding an N to his name, but it also doesn't Perkins. matter. Perkins. Yeah. But it also doesn't matter because he was an asshole. All right, I got a review here, guys. It's from James Plath with Movie Metropolis. That's a fake city. What you like? Can't think of a city, so you have to dip into the DC universe. Fuck you, James. Anyway, James Plath with Movie Metropolis says. Uh, a throwaway to the early Disney live-action films that coasted on their premises and were content to provide lightweight entertainment and nothing more. First of all, James, fuck you. Fuck you. Um, second of all, lightweight entertainment. Did you literally not see what the movie is called? <laughs> it's called Heavyweights, bro. Get with the times, bro. And also, this movie was a gem. I don't know what you're talking about. Go back to your fake city, James, and enjoy. Uh, also, I feel really bad saying all of this because he was a critic in 1995. And I would just feel like really hurt as a person to know that he's not reviewing movies anymore. So maybe <laughs> next maybe next time, guys, let's do a movie that's like closer to current. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I would never make fun of a reviewer who has passed away. I, I would hate that. <laughs> Shit, did this guy pass away and I didn't know it? <laughs> well, I'm just saying, definitely don't go back to the last two episodes and, and listen to my reviews. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely not. What do you got? What do you got, Keaton? What do you got? You'd be a real a-hole. <laughs> well, as we stated, not many reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, so I actually had to go to another source just to, to get a bad review here. So I actually went in to the uh, Amazon reviews to find a one-star review of this movie. Uh, just from JL, uh, titled Excessive Foul Language. Uh, and he says, uh, was sad to see a movie produced by Walt Disney Pictures that would contain sh- such language and questionable content. I faintly recall seeing it as a kid and was just surprised seeing it now as an adult. Uh, I, I don't know if I want to say movie that this person yeah. did because uh, maybe the word damn I, got yeah. dropped like three times, but outside of that. Say, what? <laughs> what kind of review is this? Uh, okay, okay, okay. They say Seymour butts. So butts offends you, and if not butts, then like you said, they say damn and they say ass once. Maybe hell. Wow. Maybe hell if you're pushing it. Wow, dude. What are you doing? What rock do you live under? Oh, and also uh, fat. 
bad as a um, bad word. True, true. But also, did Amazon exist when this movie came out? You got this from Amazon reviews, so th- this had to come years later. <laughs> this was from 2013. <laughs> oh, okay, wow. okay. So, guy of the year 2013 is uncomfortable with the words "damn" and "ass." What is wrong with you, JL? If that even is your real name, damn, dude, stop being an ass. Hell, <laughs> nice, nice. Um, all right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us again. That is Heavyweights, um, the 1995, the 1995 film, which, again, scored 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes, critics believe that Michael Bay's Transformers was better than this movie, which, again, scored 58% that's, on Rotten Tomatoes. That's 58. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> Um, we don't get it we hope you don't either but I do want to leave you with this guys in the words of our favorite camp counselor Pat Finley if we start respecting ourselves nobody can touch us so go out there respect yourself and nobody can touch you that's really the point of this join us next time when we talk about the movie Land of the Lost starring Will Ferrell Until then, what do we say, fellas? Be as rotten (laughs) as you want to be. (laughs) We're still figuring out the end here. What exactly did you say? As long as you are as rotten as you can be, nobody can touch you. I think the line is, stay rotten, all you gems. But yeah, we're working on it. Uh, All right, guys. See ya. Yeah. All right. All you need is Mother Earth, Father Sky, and your dear old Uncle Tony.